This is Purple Radio On Demand. Hello and welcome to the Front of House podcast by Purple Radio for DST First Night. Uh, my name is Jacob. I am joined by Jodie. Jodie, do you want to say hi? Hi, I'm Jodie. And we are here to discuss the DDF play Degenerate. Uh, Degenerate was written by Harry Jenkins. It was performed by Ben Smart. Uh, it was directed by Harry Jenkins and assistant directed by Sanya Sarif. Now, um, uh, yeah, so this was the first play DDF released, I believe. I'm pretty sure. And it was done, uh, interestingly enough, as a, uh, a sort of short film that was uh, put on their YouTube channel, which you can find on the Durham Student Theatre YouTube channel. Uh, it's about an hour long, it all shot in one take with one performer, Ben Smart, in a big monologue. And um, yeah, Jodie, you've, you've reviewed the play, haven't you? Uh, yes, I did review the play for first night. Do you want to give us a quick rundown, just what the play's about, and then we can start discussing how we found it? Yeah, um, so uh, the play is about this one man called D. And although we spend an hour listening to him from inside a prison cell, we actually know very little about him because the whole play is censored and um, has a lot of motifs about not crossing a line and not saying the wrong thing. So we basically listen to this um, sort of psychological study of D and what he has to say to us. Um, and we, as we get through the play, there's increasing tensions on D from kind of the unknown they and this um, shrill phone call that keeps interrupting D when he speaks out of turn. And as the play progresses, that gets a bit more intense. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah, it's what, what I found really just striking about it was the fact that it is just all one person speaking for about an hour with, uh, I don't believe, any cuts or breaks. So it must have been filmed in a single take. Um, I mean, that, that in itself is very impressive, and we'll get to the acting and to Ben's performance later. But I'd just like to just put out, um, how did you find it? Um, I, I enjoyed it. I felt um, like it was a really great relationship between the audience and Ben. Like they address, He addresses it a lot and says things like, don't think this about me, don't think that, don't... And there's a lot of instructions, so I felt it was quite more of an interview, except you don't get to answer what he's saying. Um, and I found that quite interesting. Um, and yeah, I think occasionally I felt like because it was this one man speaking and he wasn't allowed to tell as much, occasionally I felt um, a little bit that it was a bit bit repetitive or it dragged a bit in places. But overall, I felt like it was a very um, gripping kind of um, conversation with with this prisoner. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I really enjoyed um, that element of it, I think. Uh, I think I wasn't quite sure what to expect watching it because the sort of publicity around it was very vague, and uh, I I enjoyed I tell you what, I really I actually yeah, I really enjoyed the the relationship that uh, the main character had with the person viewing it. Uh, I I like the fact that you know we were obviously meant to be sort of an audience that had been invited into his cell for him to sort of address us, but that you know he wasn't allowed to say anything out of line he wasn't allowed to cross over the physical line that separated us from him uh and i think it, it they made really good use of that sort of connection and particularly using the camera as like a surrogate for the audience 
And occasionally, yeah, occasionally he would look into the camera and he would say, yeah, you, yes, you, I'm talking to you. And that I really like those bits because uh, one thing Ben has, he's got very sort of intense uh, eyes in that way. And if he's eyeballing you and he's right up against you, you're like, oh, damn. But um, yeah, I, I think it was... I think it was interesting because, yeah, over the course, it, it was an hour long, and yet we end up learning very little about the specifics of this man's life. He's sort of forced to, to say everything through this sort of vague filter. Otherwise, when he says something he's not supposed to, the phone that's in his little cell rings and he gets told off, and um, he has to basically grovel to get back. Um, and yeah, I think, I think it was. It was very interesting the way that it sort of played out and the way that I I felt Harry as a writer was able to sort of take us on this journey and take us through these sort of elements of Dee's life and his experience in prison, um, but without without being able to turn it into a, this is the story of my life monologue, because he's not allowed to tell the story of his life. So he's sort of just got to make do with what he's got. Um, yeah, so so if we think about um, the... Yeah, let's think about the, the story and the script first. Uh, I, I definitely, I agree that um, it was... Yeah, it was, it was very interestingly done. And I think the way Harry wrote it, he managed to sort of get the, the franticness of this guy's thought process across quite well. And it, it always, it, it, it felt, I don't know, realistic's not the word because it's quite a heightened performance in a heightened environment, but it, it felt legitimate in the way that the character was speaking. Mm. Um, yeah. I, I felt I, like he was quite on the edge, like he was always, something was always bubbling. Like he he yeah. found it hard to keep control of himself. Yeah, and that was uh, occasionally sort of boiled over into these like really powerful moments of just sort of, mania or fear but then had to be brought back very sort of self-consciously yeah and you know how it looked like an attic a bit i felt like it was like instead of like the mad woman in the attic trope it was a bit like the mad man in the attic like i was, oh, I was thinking because it looked I'm, like an attic to me the sloping yeah. ceiling i think i think they might have had to film it in an attic yeah just my guess it, one of the funny things I noticed was that it clearly must have been very cold in that attic yeah. occasionally you could see his breath yeah but I think that added to it um mm. this horrible cell um and I, I liked how Harry and um uh, Sanya they had him like sort of go back and kind of cower quite at the back of the the sort of the yeah. the room quite a lot and then that contrasted with when he was up in our faces kind of showed his sort of changing um kind of confidence yeah, they made a really good use of the space, I thought, which uh, is really good. And I could tell, if basically I could tell that if this was uh, able to be performed in a theatre, I think it would probably be more impactful because you would you would have that space, which here is the sort of attic, and they, they put like um, uh, taped lines on the floor that you can just about see, which sort of show the confines of where he's allowed to go. And I think, that, yeah, it's playing with that idea of, the space that you are in is the space that he is in and he's not allowed to go outside of it. I think in a theatre with, you know, the four walls and the fact that he sort of, both as an actor and as the character, is not allowed to leave the stage at any point. I think that would be really interesting. 
but yeah, you've sort of got that here, especially with you know the single the way it was all done in one shot. Which again, I, I feel like I should say it out at the beginning. That is so impressive that they managed to do that. Mm-hmm. Like I, <laughs> I, I took part in um, the DDF play Grace, which uh, came out yesterday, and that's like a series of like seven minute monologues. And for me, trying to film myself in one take for seven minutes was really difficult. So the fact that they managed to do it for an hour is incredibly impressive. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, yeah, and I, I, I wonder if someone was filming him, because occasionally the camera would move up and down a bit. Uh, yeah, so. I, I felt like that was like CCTV, the way the camera moves mm. up and down, like, you know, you can zoom in and out. So. Yeah, it was it was quite impersonal, the way it would sort of wait for him to, like, move somewhere and then very slowly move down, like, yeah. like he was always in the shot, even if he tried to get out of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that's, I think that was, they did a really good job with that, and it was really well written. Um, the th- I'm just going to pick up on the thing which you said about it possibly being slightly repetitive. I I felt like, and again, I, I feel like this would have been possibly remedied if it was a live play. Because when you're in a space, especially a small space with an actor, uh, as an audience member, you've, you've got that intensity of connection in the sense that they are right there. And especially with this, I feel that would be really, really good. Um, but when you're watching something on a screen, it's a lot easier to sort of lose that connection if it's not being constantly made varied. And I will agree, I feel like in this instance, I'd say just because of how vague the character has to keep their backstory and the details of what they're saying, I did feel like at around the 40-minute mark, it probably could have wrapped itself up slightly quicker in that sense which again is not to discredit um harry's writing at all i think it's fantastic i just think that in in the format that we had there was there was a moment where again i still enjoyed it i just thought okay this is this this can probably sort of start wrapping up sooner but i'm interested to see what you thought about that in particular yeah i thought that they had a very um sort of quick ending and that things sort of got ramped up very much in the last few minutes in terms of um what was going to happen to Dee and it kind of took me by surprise because of the kind of how we'd gone through a long period of change where not a lot of new information had been given to us and a lot of lot of new things had been happening and then I felt like the last few minutes everything kind of happened very quickly and sort of was very um dramatic not to give away any spoilers (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah no I, I definitely felt that and the bit um this isn't a spoiler, the bit where he's sort of dancing at the end. Yeah. I feel like that the idea that that is him, like, properly crossing the line, just, I don't know, considering the stuff he'd said previously, I thought they could have they could have done something slightly more taboo at that point that then led to the sort of climactic punishment he receives at the end. But um, having said that, I, I think, they, I think they, used, they did a really good use of sound at the end. They had that, like, ringing noise playing... Yeah. which they hadn't done before. And that, that actually made me jump slightly because I was like, oh, God, where's this coming from? Yeah. But, um, yeah, but that that aside, I, I do feel like I need to say that it is very, very well written in that sense. And, you know, again, I, I'm always going to be slightly... Yeah, it just went down then. Uh, right. Is it back up? No. No. Is it back up now? Yeah. Yeah, good. Um, 
I'm always going to be slightly biased and sensitive because I can sort of, I've got that idea of my head of, wow, they managed to write an entire hour-long thing that I watched for an hour and didn't think, ah, I'd have liked to have stopped watching that earlier. You know, even Mm. though I feel like it, there was that slight repetition, I did still enjoy watching it. So, um, yeah, so I think that's a pretty good uh, assessment of the uh, story there. Um, Oh, yeah. So just to then move on to, we've already talked about the set slightly, but just to detail it slightly more, it was um, shot, I believe, in an attic with the only scenery they had was a sort of mattress on the floor with a blanket and a pillow and a telephone. Uh, What do you think about that sort of minimalistic use of space and also the costume, which I'm assuming he made himself? Uh, how How did that sort of work to create the effect of isolation in that sense. Yeah, like starting with the costume, like the the big D on the back of his boyer suit, so that whenever he turned around, this like get like garish red sort of like I sort of isolating sort of pointing finger, um, other othering. I felt like he was very othered in this kind of big red D that was on his costume. So I think I really I really like the costume, um, and also the the middle of the minimalist set was very good for creating that kind of realism like it was a very we believed that this was someone who's dangerous that couldn't be allowed to have I think it was baubles that he talked about in a past story or or he wasn't allowed to have like a dictionary and things like that or or that was his only kind of source of information um because I think he says at one point that's the least harmless thing in the world or something like that um which obviously is got a lot of that's quite heavy in itself in terms of just unpicking that but um yeah no I think that the the costume was great for othering him and I think the minimum step made it very seem very legitimate that this was someone so dangerous they couldn't be allowed anything but a mattress um and also this idea that he's on the show part of some kind of test or part of some kind of um experiment interview something that involved us and that he mentioned that the toilet was taken away for that reason. It's kind of like he is like quite an exhibit, like in some kind of that we're like looking in on. Like I felt like that as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I think the um the jumpsuit definitely sort of gave me those sorts of vibes of him being like a sort of test subject in that sense. And yeah, it, it, I don't know it, it the whole because he basically has to keep reiterating that he's a dangerous, awful person, and that you know the world's better off without him. And it made me feel really bad for him because it doesn't. It seems like the only thing this character has done wrong is have the wrong ideas, which has led the state to define him as a sort of unperson, you know, a degenerate in that sense. And they they do a really great deconstruction of the word degenerate, which sort of says it's you're no longer part of the race. Uh, and I think that was really well done. And yeah, it also it made me feel for the guy. It made me think, you know, this this poor guy's stuck in this cramped little room with nothing and you know they the the way that he's kept in check is they just keep taking away things that make it bearable until there's sort of nothing left yeah which yeah yeah maybe think of sort of the the practice of solitary confinement quite a lot and the controversy surrounding that as a form of torture 
Yeah, I definitely think Ben's performance helped with that kind of like sympathetic character in that he kind of told these anecdotes quite gleefully and he would laugh and he would make, he would um sort of self-deprecate himself and I think that was quite a charismatic sort of performance and you kind of felt guilty about feeling for him because he was this dangerous other that you weren't meant to feel for. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Although I always always got the sense that he he has to tell people that he is a dangerous other but that actually for us as an audience he's been kept there unjustly i felt but then you know they they never actually specify why he's in there so there is some ambiguity there and possibly i would like to have seen that ambiguity explored slightly more or maybe just slightly more specific um i don't know i i felt like it's really interesting that we we get we we only hear the side of the story that this sort of imaginary totalitarian state wants us to hear which is kept intentionally very vague because otherwise you could say you could start to identify with him i do have a feel that for an hour i would have liked to have seen slightly more payoff just because what harry does really well is he creates these sort of mysteries he you know he asks all these questions over why is he here who are these people who he says he fell in with what is his goal here what what was his goal before he ended up in this prison and I feel like after the amount of time we spend with this character, I would have liked to have had a couple of those questions answered slightly more, just because I'm just genuinely interested to know what was happening. Because again, Ben and Harry were able to create such an interesting character that I just, I just want to know more about him. But maybe that's the point. Maybe that's why at the end, when he's taken away, it sort of feels like, oh no, but I want to I hear more. Um, anyway, this leads quite nicely to talking about the uh, one and only performance in this play. Play? Phil? Let's call it play. Um, yeah, I I personally want to tip my hat off to Ben Smart. First of all, for learning an hour's worth of monologue in the very short amount of time we had to learn these DTF things. Um, and being able to just carry that performance with this sort of sustained level of energy for the amount of time he did and not by looking at an audience but by looking into the lens of a camera uh i i think it was a very sort of a very agile performance i think he he made quite good use of his physicality in that sense and of sort of varying the energy levels uh perhaps at the beginning i felt like they they got to the franticness a little too quickly but i can understand why they did it but then by sort of keeping that up and sustaining it and then varying it with more sort of quiet, introspective moments. And then occasionally moments where he just completely loses it, I felt it was a really compelling performance. Yeah, it was very, I felt like it's very jolting in a good way. Like I felt like one minute he would be sort of quite happily telling us about something and the next minute it would be like very intense, sort of kind of almost shouting at us about this group he joined and how he was so close to achieving whatever he wanted to achieve and it was really quite like ecstatic and then it would go back to this kind of groveling I'm so sorry like I I'm a well-behaved citizen kind of speech and I felt like the sort of jolting shifts between that kind of charismatic kind of um d and this kind of um sort of mania mania that yeah you used the word mania before yeah yeah, and I think, um, yeah, in particular, the sort of the contrast and also the 
the sarcasm I quite like. The fact that whenever he's talking about what the state wants him to talk about and how you know he's a dangerous person that must be kept away from them at all costs, I feel like he did a really good job of sort of conveying the sense that he has to make this believable, otherwise they'll take him away. But also having that sort of edge of you all know this is bull, this is rubbish. <laughs> you all know this is rubbish. And um, I know this is rubbish. And I think, yeah, he, he did a really good job of sort of getting that. It's, it's weird. I was getting sort of Matt Smith, Doctor Who vibes at certain points. I don't know if you were getting that as well. Yeah, I can definitely get that. I definitely feel like, especially in his explanations of things, like Matt Smith kind of yeah. runs on with his explanations of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and the, the way he was sort of very precise with everything he said and talking very quickly. And occasionally sort of hunching over doing that Matt Smith thing. You know, I, 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 yeah, I think it was a, a really good performance. And um, yeah, it's just, again, it, I've always got to, you know, be slightly amazed that this team was able to put this thing together in the time they had and under these conditions. Um, again, whoever, whoever was doing the camera work. And again, I like the fact that when he was sort of jumping up and down and hitting things, the camera ended up shaking Presumably because they were on quite an unstable floor, but it it, it really worked because it felt like, yeah, it just felt like the sort of the scene itself was being decomposed slightly for those moments in quite a clever way. Uh, whether that was intentional or not, I can't say, but it worked. So well done. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, I think that is a pretty good uh, way to talk about it. Any closing thoughts on Degenerate? Um... What do you think of? I think that if you can get you can get a spare hour, you should definitely watch it. And I think that it's very good. I think it really one last thing to say. I think is that it asks a lot of questions that sort of hang in the air and like keep you thinking. Sort of like, like later. So like this idea of like he deconstructs words all the time and like the power of dictionaries and like the words that he uses and what words mean and if something's censored, what does that mean? How much are we being told? Like I think that it's really good for asking those kind of questions as well yeah yeah. no absolutely i think it's yeah it's a play that asks a lot of questions like you said and doesn't necessarily answer all of them but makes you think about what the answer could be and yeah there's there's a lot of sort of talk about what words mean in it that yeah i i I thought was really interesting um yeah thank you for talking about this i'm just gonna i'm trying to think do i have any any final comments um I think yeah, just just generally the fact that um, the fact that people were able to make this piece of theatre in these very sort of restricted conditions, and the fact that it was directed entirely over Zoom, I'm assuming, is just yeah something to be very very proud of. And um, yeah, I'd say I, I was going to say if you can get a ticket, there aren't any tickets; it's free, so uh, <laughs> you sort of have no excuse not to watch it. But um, yeah, I'd say if you want to watch Degenerate, you can find it on the Durham Street Theatre YouTube channel. Uh, I'm not sure how long it will be up until, but it is currently up there for free. And uh, if you want to, feel free to watch any of the other DDF plays that are on there, um, as well as the interviews uh, and roundtables with the writers that have been going on, which I went to and they were very, very good. Uh, yeah, I think that wraps up everything. So thank you so much, Jody, for coming to talk to me about this play. Uh, and thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed Degenerate, should you watch it. And, um, yeah, thanks for watching. Bye.
Thanks for downloading this Purple Radio podcast. For more great content and to listen live, head to purpleradio.co.uk.